Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Oh yeah, they're creepy. They're creepy. Welcome. Welcome to you. Welcome back and welcome always. And You're forever. always welcome here. But especially in this very special time of Spooktober. Mm. Happy Spooktober to all those who celebrate. Blessings upon and you. And especially those who don't. That's true. That's where the tricks come in, you see. Ripe for tricks. You're like wearing a sign on yourself <sighs> when you say you don't celebrate Spooktober. Yeah, it's like not wearing green on St. Patrick's Day. Get ready for to get pinched. <laughs> um, I'm going to pinch your wallet. <laughs> well, guess what? Not only is it Spooktoberfest, but it is 2021. And... Have we not done a podcast in this year? <laughs> well, it feels that way because we had a tiny break. But it is Halloween. And it is back. I never noticed how... Halloween and Spooktoberfest happen around the same time. Mm. That's funny. Time is so funny during this time, don't you think? Yeah, it, it is. Um. <laughs> yeah? So, as I was saying, Halloween is back. Halloween is back. For some. For hopefully for all, but I know some people are not quite ready to trick-or-treat but we are <laughs> oh yeah we'll be stepping out that's for sure yeah we're uh we're right re- we're ready and and i saw um some news coverage about this and they they basically are like if you can trick-or-treat if you can manage to stay outside then yes it's safe and it's like are, are people inviting little children into their homes to mm. get the candy what on earth are you talking about of course you can stay outside you psychopaths we must be talking about almost i would imagine almost contained to manhattan apartment building trick-or-treating oh okay right we go to do every people door do that yes That's oh yes it's a big thing big thing there <gasps> wow i wow okay well listeners in new york would love to hear from you about your experiences doing that incredibly creepy thing in my mind I think a little different when that's your neighbors all the time. Those are your normal next door. You don't neighbors. go to you don't go to other people's apartment buildings. Oh, uh, you probably <laughs> do. There's, I bet you, there's a couple you hit. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Gives me the that willies. Seem weird. It gives me the that that's like murder vibes. Like I don't even. I'm not doing that ever. <laughs> but I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> I. It's an interesting thing, but because it also even that advice implies like. So wait, am I not safe just like walking the halls of my apartment building anyway? The answer is no, but <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a deep divide that we will always explore on this podcast, how 
Josh gets to not live in fear. That's right. And I do. That's what makes it so fun. It's what makes the fear so fun? It's just what makes um, our podcast so fun. That's right. Yes. Our, it is one of the joys of our podcast that Carol gets to live in fear mm-hmm. because of her gender. And I embrace that fear and channel it <laughs> and channel it into pure fun. Monstro, you're being a righteous prick right now. I guess it's better than barking, but yeah, I uh, got harassed at a gas station the other morning, made me mad, didn't do anything because there wasn't anybody else around and I could have gotten attacked, so didn't say shit. That's right. It happened in broad daylight. Oh, it was like nine in the morning and just people just yelling stuff. I sat frozen with fear in the passenger seat. <laughs> no, I was You not. were in the I car was, seat. In I the was back. in the car seat in the back. Safely buckled in. Mm-hmm. Fast um, asleep. <laughs> it's the only way I can fall asleep these days. Is if Carol <laughs> drives me around. <laughs> it's a scary time of year. You're having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So here we are. It's Spooktoberfest. Shockingly, also Halloween for Josh. Um, as time has become soup for us all that's right and because uh we had a bigger break between episodes than um ever before Mm -hmm. um let's catch up let's talk about all the fun fun stuff that's been going on let's do it there there, i'm i'm joking but there are fun things that happened and something that i'm sad that we missed on the podcast to talk about and i hope we get to down the line is back to school um, because oh my goodness, truly, we missed BTS. We missed BTS. Truly, to school for us because this is our first school experience. Woo! Started kindergarten, and um, he's loving it. We're loving it. Loving his teacher, Mrs. B. Loving that start time. Being oh. at school at seven forty-five. Look, I, I still am just so completely shocked and amazed at how like what a sea change it was to start kindergarten like it's one of i feel like there's a lot of stuff like this when you're parenting where you know something's coming down the pike for you and you're it's even you're looking forward to it talk talk about it all the time and yet when it happens you are wholly unprepared you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's like giving birth or, you know, when they become mobile, these these like very I- intense changes that like you're so excited for. And yet when they happen, you're just, oh, my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, just driving to a new school, getting up earlier, um, have like having the kids at two different schools and then all the things that, you know, are like circumstantial stuff of of september for us it i now in october i finally feel like getting used to it and it's normal and that's what uh number one and only guest of the pod aunt monica had told me from the start of school was like just give it a month and you'll feel like you'll you've been doing it forever i'm not like quite there yet but i also um am 
we much missed half the month. So we did. That's true. That's true. So maybe in a couple of weeks I will feel that way. Um, yeah, we missed a couple weeks of school. Mm-hmm. Partially, well, a chain of events um, that led, especially Wu, to miss. Um, yeah, eighteen days. I guess that doesn't count. You know, it was two weeks because mm-hmm. of weekends. But uh, Daddy got the Rona. I sure did. I got it. A breakthrough case. As you know, Daddy is vaccinated, baby. Max vaxxed. Oh, yeah. Long time vaxxer. Psyched for the booster. I don't even need a booster. Well. I'm fucking bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm psyched anything. for the booster because I didn't get the corona the novel coronavirus that's right and somehow because of the vaccine i i i escaped that's right it's it's true uh i definitely got it from another vaccinated person who definitely got it from an unvaccinated coworker. um unvaccinated people as you may have heard carry a higher viral load than the vaccinated do and it was only because I was sharing a room at the at an inopportune time with a friend who would just happen to be at the height of his virality. And mm. I uh, got sick. But fortunately, no one else around me did. Woo. And that is awesome. Three cheers for science. Oh, it's really incredible. Um the weird thing is, it's made me even more cautious about. Um, it's made me wear my like be more conscious about wearing my mask, even though I can't get it. I think it really is just like a reaction to having had it, where you're like, "Oh, these things do work. I should wear it." Mm-hmm. And then, and sometimes even just like as a symbol, or I'm just kind of like because it affects me the least. I'm actually even happier to throw it on whenever he's wearing one right now i always wear it i did have to wear it in you know in the house we couldn't really fully isolate so uh i just had i was basically sleeping in a mask and everything yeah it was pretty crazy and all the the symptoms you've heard about are real they're fortunately mild for those who are vaccinated and yeah the most important thing though is i didn't pass it on and beyond that i'm pretty like thankful that it happened how it did and when it did rather than like yeah at some other time or anything else yeah yeah it was a it was a crazy time and the our school district has a very like overly cautious um policy on the quarantine for the children so um so yes the unvaccinated children yes and um, happy to do it, but also mystified at how anyone can, because I, I just happened to not be working. And so I could take care of Woo. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's all wild. It's just like the Wild West. It's it's crazy. Um, I definitely recommend everybody brushing up on that COVID policy and get as much clarity as you can, really, before you do anything, because yes. it is... It's it, it's very serious and can be very detrimental, and there's really nothing you can do about it. And I understand why 
it is, of course, but it also, um, in certain, there are certain elements of it that do seem to defy a bit of logic, or it's at least, it will at least seem that way to you in the moment as it did to me, where it's just like, because base, it's all based on when your last contact was. And then as an unvaccinated child, how long you could theoretically be carrying the virus, shedding the virus without, uh, without symptoms. And so you just have to stay away until mm. all risk of that has passed. Um, so lots of tests, lots of home time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, def- good point. Definitely, I would say everybody brush up on whatever COVID policies for your schools, for whatever it is that you're doing, because it you might, yeah, you might like not travel out of state for Thanksgiving or, you know, because mm-hmm. people are getting it that are vaccinated. So like, and it, it will just like kind of throw a bomb into your life. <laughs> yes. For instance, if we were to travel out of state as a family, our children would have to stay home for seven days. They'd have to get a test on the third through fifth day at some point in there. If the results come back negative on the seventh day, by the seventh day, they can come back on the eighth day. So you do that math. Um, And also just that, yeah, keep in mind your Thanksgiving weekend would turn into a Thanksgiving two weeks. Yeah. And that's even if you you don't get COVID. So like, it's pretty, it's pretty bananas, but like, yeah, I mean, I think it's also, I I mean, maybe there is an upside to that too, that it is just like, yeah, please don't, don't travel out of state. That's our point more so than like, it's almost like a penalty for leaving. Yeah. The out of state thing, it like blows my mind because it doesn't make any sense. If you live in a big state or a small state, it Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. You're telling me I could go to the top of California, come back, and be fine. That's right. It's you go to like deep red. Redding. <laughs> yeah. Redding. Yeah. I think Redding's up there, maybe not. Um anyway, it's silly, that part of it, but it's also just what are we what are we gonna do? You know? I don't know. I don't know either. But here we are. Yeah. Here we are. We did it. We got here. And uh the yeah, I guess I should explain how and why I got COVID, because um, I'm kind of burying the lead with that. Is um, my brother Matt passed away at the age of 32, uh, following a two-year battle with? Uh, it's not a battle. It's not a metaphor. Cancer is not a metaphor. Disease illness is not a metaphor. As he was fond of saying, um, after two years being diagnosed with desmoplastic small round cell tumor, a very rare sarcoma. So a rare cancer in a group of rare cancers that's only had about 300 documented cases uh, since the thing has had a name, which has only been about 30 years. It was actually the year my brother was born. So in his lifetime normally affects white males age 10 to 30 and, um, I don't think it's something we ever talked about on the podcast, um, and partially because he was a listener. I knew he listened, and I even received a piece of writing that he had written in life from uh, his lovely wife, my sister-in-law, Victoria, about um, that he had said listening 
to us do podcasts, and I used to do podcasts called Totally Beverages and Sometimes Hot Sauce, that um, he's, he has said like always listening to me podcast was like getting to spend more time together. And so um, I never liked the idea of using this as a space to talk about um, his cancer without him here. That didn't seem fair, even as much as like we were, it was something that we were all kind of bearing as a family in one way or another. But um, he lived a tremendous life, was a teacher for a decade um, a champion of social justice and an incredible person. And it's been an insane, he died a month and a half ago now, which is crazy to think it's even been that long. Um, but, um, it was, it's just presented us with it, it happened a lot faster than I think anyone expected, but it, it did. Uh, that that is how I got COVID. Also, <laughs> to tie these two stories together, um, after he passed, um, as we gathered together to start mourning him, um, I we were then unmasked in groups, and uh, that is that is when I contracted it. So I am grateful that I didn't pass it on to him or his wife or my parents or my kids or any of my friends' kids. Um, and that I was still able to attend his funeral. Um, we had a great service for him up in Seattle. Um, we'll put, he started a, an educational fund to help um, marginalized youth um, and also to challenge youth of privilege to use their privilege for, for good. So, uh, we'll throw a link to that in show notes for gosh, darn sure. And, um, if you want to give to that, you may, it will be an ongoing, uh, endowment to the university of Massachusetts as alma mater. So, um, I could go on for a very, very long time, but, um, it was a really, it continues to be a really challenging thing to go through. And it's really our first death in the family that wasn't that while our kids have been sentient and Mm -hmm. that was unnatural, you know, that this didn't, that it was, uh, it goes beyond the, you get to live a really, really long time and then die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll pull out of this by just saying that, um, besides how much I love you, Matt, and, um, how amazing and truly like joyful it was to go through this experience together. I've like so much gratitude to see his community come together and, um, yeah, just how many people really just showed up for, someone who we all knew was great, but to see it happen and to really just be able to kind of like relish in some of that, like the joy that he lived with has been, um, an incredible experience in grief. It has been, um, it's hard, but it is also very, um, it feels very right. And 
I'm quite comfortable. I try to get com- more comfortable with like the the positive um, end of that emotional spectrum of grief because it's really uh, it's hard. I mean, it is it is it is a deep well of sorrow. Also, make no mistake of it. But it is. I've as I've told people before. I've I've started just you know. I've cried every imaginable way you could cry. And my favorite so far being a a dry sob where there are no tears that come out. You just go. (gasps) And it just hitches in your chest. And it's as if you've been crying for hours, but it just starts right away and there's no tears. It's very uh, deep, but there is also immense joy and they're very hard things to square um until you experience them and i i uh and so it's been an interesting journey and i'm uh and one that we've been on together and to that end you know our kids are old enough to know fortunately their uncle their uncle matt and before i left when we knew that things were not that um he was entering hospice. And so at that point, when we were going to talk more about cancer in general, um, my sister turned me on to a book series called The Kids Book About. And there are it's an entire series about any topic you could imagine. And they will certainly throw some links to these as well, because the two I've read are excellent. Um, she had found a kid's book about cancer and they're more graphic design than illustrated, but each one is written by an expert in the, in the, in that field. It's not um, a random children's book author who's doing this. It is a, a true expert of, um, of that subject. So the cancer one is written, I believe by an oncologist or someone who maybe is a social worker at a hospital, something along those lines. So they're, they're very adept at, you know, at the subject. And, but we'd gotten that one. I'd also gotten a kid's book about death. And I had, I ultimately elected not to read the kids, the kid's book about cancer because it felt like it was too late. And I didn't want them to have that association in their mind of cancer equals death. Right. Right. Um, because there are plenty of kinds of curable cancer. They know other people with cancer. There's no reason to, uh, I feel like throw that fear in that mix right away. We talked about the fact that he had cancer and that that's why he was dying so young. But we read a kid's book about death and read that together. And um, that was a harrowing experience also. But they've also, they were also so obsessed with death. I think we talked about that on the show. Well, woo is. Woo is. And boo is a bit, I mean, now. now but you also like to talk about death and doom and all that. that. Woo is obsessed with death. Woo is a woo knows where the void lies. Boo, he's just barely scratching the surface of it. It yes, is like, yes, um, and that book kind of blew his mind right open mm-hmm. because it was all news to him. Yes, it was all news to him. He wasn't, he wasn't worried about it. Now, no. there is a it's not, it's totally different for each of them. Um, but it was just, it was incredible how how angry Boo got uh-huh. kind of immediately of like, no, yeah, that's wrong. And you, like just trying to refute it 
And then in the days after we read the book, he would kind of like out of nowhere start talking about it and be like, we're not going to die. Like as though we were in the middle of a conversation. Yes. He certainly was like in his, in his mind. Um, And just having to kind of like, as the book does just very, you know, uh, matter of fact, like we do, we all do. We're alive. And there's still confusion over what is alive and not alive with boo, you know, definitely. So that's, it's, but it's been fascinating to, see to hear his questions and it's it's just from a totally different place because he's not yet four yeah whereas and to feel his emotions with it too because we haven't we haven't been putting any of this on them as i said we didn't talk about the fact that matt was dying with them until much uh until it was imminent really Mm -hmm. um well, yeah, we kept saying that he was just very sick. That's right. Um, yeah, we never we never said, look, this is going to happen. Because I think we, as I have said many times in this process, like I didn't, I never knew how much hope I had at each point along the way until it was taken away by mm-hmm. each, each, each step. And, uh, so yeah, I think there was like some hope behind there, even though we knew it was um it was a, a fatal, um mm-hmm. an incurable, I should say, uh cancer. So um that we just kinda didn't and we didn't know when it was gonna happen because Matt um he just got through a lot that I feel like we kind of, I don't know, I thought that there was always a chance that he was going to come out of it again, you know? Yeah. As he had in the past. So, yeah, we we didn't get ahead of that, which I'm glad of. Um, But, yeah, it's been interesting because Boo has been sad. Yes. He's very sad. Yeah. And it's... It'll come up also quite randomly where he'll just say, I want to, I wish I could play with Uncle Matt. Yeah. He'll often say... And that's really or, hard to say out loud. And because mm-hmm. then you just watch him like stare off into the middle distance and just get sad. Yeah. Or or a lot of it was, I forgot to say goodbye. I forgot to say goodbye. I didn't get to say goodbye. Ugh. And then other times it is, I want to see a dead body or I want to see a person. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions about, yeah. about the body. Um, and... I love that because I feel like it's in this time, there has not been yet a question from either of them of where do you go when you die? Mm -hmm. And it's like affirming to me because when I was younger growing up religious, like, and, and and always kind of struggling with it, I feel like that, has been a I don't know just like a a source of pain and confusion my whole life you know mm-hmm. so it's like for them to like not come out at, like that um and I'm sure and I'm sure that's you know in store I'm not saying it's never they're never going to have those questions but like right off the bat it's not 
those those questions. It's more just like, what happens to your body? It feels like they're hearing what we're saying with within that book of like, this is what happens to all living things, you know, and they're not struggling with like, where do I go? Where does my soul go? Where, you know, like, what can I do to avoid a terrible punishment? You know, <laughs> like, right. have I been good enough in this life yeah. to earn the next one? I, I mean, it's just like, I think even the uncertainty of what comes next is, it is a far more easy to process thing. I, I think than, uh, you know, that's, that's that contemplating infinity thing, then throwing a lot of, of, of religion into it. But also, I mean, there are points in this process where I, you know, you see the balm for all of it and you see where like, um, you know, Matt's own certainty about where he was going, uh, is, you know, I, I, I am jealous. I can't say jealous, but I, you know, I wish, that for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. that it, it was, uh, uh, actually this is from, uh, from aunt Vic. She had said, there's a quote, and I don't know who it's from, but just the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty was something that she had said mm-hmm. while, you know, in her talks, she can pull a quote like nobody else. And, <laughs> um, and I think that that is, like that was a very comforting thought to me as a parent too, or it is like, it isn't so much that we know because that it is that we do not and that it right. is. And I think that that is um, a very, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's a very powerful thing to be able to pass to your kids yes. and without, without yes. passing along the anxiety that comes from right. those other thoughts that will all come in time. Right. They well, all will. There, there is a lot of anxiety from Wu and been I think helpful for him to know that like I did the same thing as a kid like we've talked about how like I mean I I still (laughs) I still have anxiety about it now Mm -hmm. but um but I think that yeah with that with just addressing it as it's a mystery like you know basically like what happens after you die Mm -hmm. and that being okay with that and just like not having it be an answer or anything, you know, just like having it be an open conversation, an open question to something, you know, that they can explore. That is like, I don't know. It's, it's so, you know what I mean by affirming. It's like, I wish I had had conversations like this as a kid. It would have helped me a lot. I didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And I'm not blaming my parents for that. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> that's not, um, you know, their responsibility, really. But um, I'm just glad that that we can do that for them since I can see that uh, Wu is having a lot of the same struggles that yeah. I did as a, as a young kid. So, um it's just with all this stuff, it's like, that's the amazing part about being a parent is that you can kind of like reparent yourself a little bit. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Becky. Well, even then, I, I mean, I said that 
that Matt was certain about where he was going, but I think that is not true. I think he was excited for the journey, you know, to mm-hmm. see what was next. And that's also something that like, I, I wish that he could have talked to Wu about. I think that would have been like, there's, but like, it's just a little too young. I think that it just, mm-hmm. that, that bridge wasn't, wasn't available, but I think that it is something that like, yeah, as this goes on, I look forward to presenting it more in that way than in any level of like certainty, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, we just truly do not know. I, I would love for if any, if any parents out there have uh, had to have these conversations, I would love to hear also any tips or tricks or anything advice that you received or resources you've used that you felt um, helped out with this because it is a, it's a lifelong conversation, like so much stuff in parenting is. And I think, um, again, we come at this from the perspective of both the type of loss that this was and also the age of our children. Um, even my, my therapist gave me the piece of advice to think about what you, how much to talk to your children about this. Um, she used a pizza analogy and I love analogies. So I'm here for it. And, she was saying, well, your children are so young that, you know, if you were giving them, if you're having pizza for dinner, first of all, Boo would not eat it. He doesn't like pizza, he says. Mm. Um, if you were giving them pizza for dinner, you'd give them each a piece of pizza. You'd let them eat the pizza or not. And then they might ask for more pizza. And you can give them more or not. If you have a teenager, you might just order an entire pizza and slop it on the table and be like, there's your pizza, have at it. And it does work really well in this, you know, in this context, because it really is just like, they'll have a question and then they'll go off and do something else. It helps for us as over explainers to rein it in, you know, to just answer the question they are offered Mm -hmm. and not to try to like overdo it. And I've had, that's been very, um, centering for me in these last few weeks of just like you know you just answer their questions honestly and you let them lead the way like what do what do they need what are they going to ask next um and that's that's been that's been good yeah it was so helpful to you know have that advice and just a kind of a you know, very recent discussion about, about how to talk to kids about these things. Because, um, it, when I told the, our kids that Matt had passed away, um, I think I, I mean, like in general, very happy with how it all happened, but I, I, I don't think we've even talked about those yet. Um, but like Carol was alone with the kids here in, Los Angeles and I was up in Seattle. Yeah. Already. Um so we elected not to do it over FaceTime. She offered to tell them, which I greatly appreciated. Yeah. That was a good call. Um and luckily uh my uh BFF Elena was here with me um at that time for support, which was really um helpful. Uh really it invaluable. That's uh Helpful is a very small word for that. Um, <laughs> but so Matt passed away in the late morning and the kids were at school. 
And so um, when, when I went to pick them up, I decided to wait till we got home. And I, it was tough because like, I didn't want to lay it all on them in the car, mm. you know? But I also was like, I was like, okay, guys, like, okay, kids, like usually when we get home from school that it's just like shoes off and like right into Kindle time or, or playtime. Like mm-hmm. that's just, they're, it's a big release, you know, yeah, they to get be, down to it. Yeah. They get really into it. So I was just like, all right, come into, come into my room, like come sit on my, sit on my bed, you know, cause they like love playing on her bed. But like, I didn't mean to like make it like a, a thing. So I was trying to be really lighthearted about it. But then I was like, that's probably messed up too. Right. Too lighthearted. Too lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, cause in my, in my mind, it's like, all right. Cause I've been, I've been the kid that doesn't get the information until we're all sitting down together. And I'm, and I feel like that put me on edge as a kid of like, so you knew this whole time, like you picked me up from school. You, you know, like mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you, you gave us a snack. Oh, yeah. you, you like, you went through all the motions and I thought everything was fucking fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it wasn't. And, uh, and so I wasn't trying to do that, but I also wanted to like have a moment, you know, of like, let's all just be together here. And, you know, so, um, so I hope I didn't mess it up, but it felt better than the alternative, which would have been like, okay, we're in the car, turn around, yeah, lay it on them, you know? And, and also Elena was there with me and I'm like, that's a, that's like a lot. That's a lot for somebody yeah, to no, be no, around for. I think you did the right thing. Absolutely. I, and I don't yeah. think, I think they're too young to, that they would not have, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have had that same yeah. rage and resentment that you would have had. <laughs> and it's, it's that different. sounds like it was a repeat offense reaction more so than a one time yeah. thing. Well, my family is big on the like, I didn't tell you because I didn't want to worry you situation yeah. we're not doing that oh no oh no and even when we read the the book about death we did talk about you know it's, it leaves like an open-ended time so like you might know someone who is dying or has died and they because then one of them said well we don't or something and we're able to stop and say we actually do mm-hmm. that you know uncle matt is dying that he has mm-hmm. that he's really we know he's really sick you know he's really sick and that's happening we just didn't know at that time we thought it would still be weeks not days so yeah and they, at, and at that point like they knew you were up there they knew that matt was declining like they knew that elena was here to help you know like but mm-hmm. nobody nobody knew that it was going to happen as fast as it did but um but anyway they um, they had some sense. So yeah, exactly. Like there's no, you know, I, f- I feel like it, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. As, uh, that, but I also was just trying to be thoughtful about it. Um, and, uh, so when I told them, um, there was like a, a moment of like disbelief from Wu, mm. a, a very serious, like, what? Really? Really? really you know and then we haven't talked about this yeah so funny 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? This welcome to parenting. You don't have time to talk even about the most important things. It's a great I just song. Knew it was done. Um, Is it done? That's all I asked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I told them. Um, and yeah, so Wu was like kind of in a little bit of like, uh, like a heightened state for honestly just like 30 seconds. And then they both got really silly mm. and started like doing their joking thing where they like pretend they're in a video game. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, wait. So he was like, blah. and like falling over you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i was like okay guys i was like they're like can we go play kind of thing and i was like yep just um, you know if you have any questions like we can always talk about this and they like kind of ran out of the room Mm -hmm. and i was like well that was fast and elena was like well that was fast you know (laughs) um who had been you know in a different part of the house when i came out the kids were already like playing on their kindles and uh boo just goes like absent mind he's just like playing the game he absent-mindedly is like so did they just put his body in the trash and, mm. and i'm like that's a, i'm like it's a great question like let's talk you know i was like oh like no they didn't they they took you know and i kind of just like went through it but again like stopped and yeah then, and it was just like okay let them process that because that question has come up many times like they're still processing it yeah yeah you can tell they still don't know there's so i mean there's just so much that goes into it that you realize you're like you the idea of being cremated and that like it reduces your mass to the point that you are you can fit in a tiny little box is not something that's a scientific concept Mm -hmm. that's not easy to grasp Mm -hmm. so yeah like it's it's away is yeah and now sure. with halloween approaching there's been a lot of questions about coffins mm-hmm. and graves and stuff it's just like it's a minefield also something that we haven't talked about we may as well here on our podcast yeah let's do it so monster squad from 1987 no, just, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding we ain't talking about that <laughs> you're here you're here with trick us. this is your treat <laughs> um when when we went to the eventual service um up in seattle uh we left the kiddos with uh, my sister aunt donna so they were here with her um because we didn't want to do another didn't want to travel out of state yeah and like have those kids home for another week and a half yeah and it ended up being um i think like a great decision because we could focus on that. And they had already had that weekend with family and kind yes, of like, that's the part. Yeah. Carol and the kids came up to Seattle shortly thereafter to spend time with the family mm-hmm. altogether. Um, and, but then, yeah. And then my, my sister's kid didn't, he came, who, who <laughs> came up for the, came up for the funeral weekend. So, he got to have that time, which I also think is good. While it's sad there weren't like cousins together to freak each other out, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, um, you know, I think that was. Yeah. So we were up there and I told, that there was a live stream of the service and I told my sister to put it on. It was like, it was during um, Boo's nap time, but 
I was like, if Wu wants to watch it, he can watch it with you or not, whatever. Like, do have, like, follow his lead kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she had it on and, uh, you know, she was crying. And Wu, typical Wu, it's like, are you crying? Mm-hmm. He does this to me on the daily basis. <laughs> Don't cry. Even when I'm not even remotely crying. But I keep, I always say to him, no, but I might. That's right. I could if I wanted to. Um, but he saw her crying and um, he was rubbing his eyes, clearly like oh. listening to the service. Yeah. And um, didn't nothing else than, than that. You know, like she just saw him crying. So mm. um, that, w- that was interesting to me because like I said, it's been Boo who has been really um, emotive and Wu has been not specifically not yep. very i you know we came back he's like i didn't miss you <laughs> just very just want you to know that <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. um anyway so um it has been adventures in parenting for sure and i i'm thankful for josh and his family for handling everything so gracefully and so joyfully and like not I don't think I truly don't think that on the off chance that they even remember this time because Mm -hmm. it's very likely that they won't Um, but if they do I don't think it's gonna mess them up I don't think it's this 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 like dark stain you know like it feels very it all just feels very positive and yeah. I'm so thankful for that. It's just so huge. Like it's not the norm and it's not, it could have gone a different way, but like part of that is who Matt is and Victoria and your whole family. But like Matt really paved the way for all of these conversations, oh, yeah. all of this, all the positivity, all the joy which just makes me miss him more, which, uh, there it is. <laughs> he would appreciate me making light of this, and I tell myself that. <laughs> I know, and talking about it. Yes. That was a lesson I took away, and I hope everyone listening does, because he would have welcomed the sharing of not just emotions, but thoughts and whatever else, whatever else kind of struck you about mm-hmm. uh about such time and um well he wasn't interested in kind of processing other people's grief in life while he was dealing with his own it was a it's a different thing now to like to know that the like academic <laughs> matt would definitely want you to do it and he was always good about like and especially sharing the things that brought brought him joy and uh and so i think that with that with the kids too that's been an extension of this it's just like i'm i don't try to like hide it if i'm crying if i'm upset it doesn't happen that often when they're around anyway because they've been in school and stuff like that but it has just but like when it does or they've asked me stuff and i've gotten upset is that i'll always share what i want to share about it with the idea in like keeping it, trying to keep it simple for them and just, but like 
encouraging their curiosity because I know that is also a thing that yeah he would want even if it's uh especially if it was um considered a taboo or whatever else to ask about so yeah 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 I feel like that's been a total guiding light of thinking how Matt would respond to some of their silliness about it and Mm -hmm. how like he would have been so welcoming of that and it's like just good to remember because it kind of like just helps you not cringe at like some terrible thing that your kid has just said about death or dead body or something like (laughs) something that you're you know it puts it back into perspective of like what it really is which is curiosity so now i'm sure both of you know a great deal about monsters but that's not the issue here the issue is science is real monsters are not (laughs) here we go I think with that, he would appreciate a strong cut to the hoop <laughs> with a little audio from the 1987 mystifying classic, The Monster Squad. Just Monster Squad. I think it's The Monster Squad. I don't... Oh, it is The Monster Squad. I'm sorry. It's Dad. all right. The Monster Squad. Hmm. Well, here it is, the Monster Squad. Mystifying indeed. Um, have you watched it? Have you seen it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Would you prefer to watch Goonies? Would you prefer to watch Stranger Things? Do you care? Lost Boys or... Do you care at all? And why do you? Or don't you? None of those questions will be answered, but I can tell you one thing. I'm going to tell you what this movie's about. Are you ready? I'm ready. Wait, uh, how are you going to do that? Well, it's... You're just going to tell everybody what happened? Um, I, Since it's Spooktober, um, there's a month-long period where um, the internet movie database um, lets you... Yes, yes, yes. I am going to read a plot synopsis from let's the, hear it from the internet movie database.com covid couldn't kill it <laughs> imdb oh it got stronger it got a whole new look it did it, it's v- much harder to find the plot synopsis but synopses um but it, it don't worry it navigates you back to the same shitty page so they haven't actually improved the they didn't have somebody they didn't pay someone to go through and recode all the plot synopsis pages. <laughs> well, they did. They got a whole site redesign. Anyway, beautiful. Okay, we'll never know who wrote this because it's anonymous. <gasps> Shout out to the Magic Treehouse. Yes. <laughs> all right, young kids form a club that is devoted to monsters, but soon get more than they bargained for when Count Dracula adjourns to Earth accompanied by Frankenstein's monster shout out Mm. the Wolfman, the Mummy hey, and the Gill Man the Uglies are the Gill Man? well, let me finish 
The Uglies are in search of a powerful amulet that will grant them power to rule the world. Our heroes, the Monster Squad, are the only ones daring to stand in their way. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you so much. Um, wow, that one had a little like sass and attitude, calling them the uh, the Uglies. Yeah, I think that's just a name for the like for monsters, the Uglies. I'm saying that's, but that still is a little whimsical for a plot synopsis on IMDb. Oh, well, you know, there's, I mean, Claudio Carvalho reigned it, uh, weighed in here. Uh, Steve Richer got Nikeno seventy one at Yahoo.com. So, I mean. Yeah, anonymous. I I chose anonymous for that reason. Wow, well, it's, uh, the house of whimsy. Um, love that. I and I also just love that they said Frankenstein's monster. It's just mm. Mm, mm, they were mm, paying mm. attention, you know. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a, a classic film. It's considered a classic film. Um, I had never seen it personally. Had you? Oh, I'd seen it many times as a child. Mm. I don't think I'd seen it at any point in adulthood. Well, when you became a man, you put away childish things. That's correct. And the Monster Squad at PG-13 was one of those things. (laughs) PG-13, that's hilarious. There weren't hardly uh, as many boobs as you would think. I was four years and 359 days old when this movie. (laughs) Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Isn't that something? Uh, all right. Well, that's um, about it, guys. Well, good night. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. We have so much to talk about. Um, there's so much. that There's always so much. Fun fact, we ha- always have things that we don't even get to on our list of things to talk about for almost every single movie. We cut something. We we write down like a few things we'd like to talk about and inevitably because we talk so much, yep. we have to cut something out. So let's get to it. I will start out by saying that the f- I was I was disappointed by a lot in this movie, but the first thing was um, the all male monsters and all the m- obviously like the- there's a no girls allowed. Yeah, there was a no monster girl- squad, right? But then the actual the uglies, they uh, yeah just what's the classic monsters? I mean, I think that. That that part to me, or also like, what is the creature from the Black Lagoon? Why not make any? I I, I just make give the mummy boobs. Give them. I guess I guess I, I guess I don't know if the mummy was a man or a woman. Um, you know, it was referred to as he, but like make a female vampire. Make a. Yeah, there were like, the three. Uh, well, they got turned. Virgins turned into vampires. Yeah. How about a witch? That's a classic monster. Not a universal property. Uh, witches can't do that. Um, I don't know what you call that particular band of monsters, but like the Boris Karloff, you know, like I know, but it's Bride still of Frankenstein. Stupid. Have just... her show up. Yeah. Get mad at. Frankie for snapping pictures of the teenager next door topless that would later be used as compromat to lure her into their plot. Uh, there, yeah, there's, there's this, uh, this movie is fraught for, for sure. Um, there's a lot going on that was uh, deeply 
either cringeworthy to just like horrifying and not in a fun, scary movie way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I, I was bummed out by those things. I didn't, yeah, I just, I, and watching it now, especially with like so many fun teen movies like, or tween movies that do stand up. Like I, I think, I mean, I don't remember the last time I watched Goonies either, to be honest, but like that there are enough of those in my memory that I think do hold up a little bit better that don't yeah. have as many like homophobic like one-liners throughout yeah. them. sexist homophobic like um uh deeply white they would have been racist if there was a black person in this movie to be racist against <laughs> like they absolutely would have been yeah there was no um okay so this movie is just such a complete ripoff of the goonies um even having like this character called the fat kid, uh, Horace is just referred <laughs> yeah. to as the fat kid. As fat kid. So it's like, you know, I can't remember the kid's name in the Goonies, but I get, Chunk. Oh, Chunk. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Chunk. And then the, the monster he befriends. Uh huh. What's the monster's name? Sloth. Sloth. I always get those two names yes. confused because they have that awesome scene together and I just can never get it straight. Um, but yeah, I haven't watched in a while. I'm sure there's lots of homophobic stuff in there too. Um, or just outdated things. But this movie, this movie. Mm. Okay, let's just rattle off a few things here that are deeply upsetting about this movie. <laughs> okay, besides the fat kid um, the name, because uh, we had the the closed captions on so we could see that it was it was like fat kid like that's clearly how it was written in the script even yeah, though his name is horace i didn't check the credits i'm sure he is credited as fat kid even mm-hmm. though he has a name mm-hmm. yes um it, the extortion with the naked photos of the, the one of the little boy's sisters who may or may not have a name <sighs> yeah um and then the old German Holocaust survivor translating the diary for them. That made no fucking sense. That was some unnecessary capital D, capital T, deep thought trying to shoehorn its way in yes. here. Yes. Very he wild. Goes, I think I know a thing or two about monsters. And that was not a German accent. But it was a really... And then like zoom in to... His tattoo, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like making sure you no twelve-year-old uh, watching this will miss that he has. <laughs> right, that's what they came here to see. They came here to, for the for the the themes, the did, motifs. We, you know, did the, Mouse come out the same year? It's possible, you know. So it might have just been like mm, just more ripping off. Just riding that wave of uh, <laughs> Holocaust nostalgia. 1987, big year for that. Um, and then the sexualization of the young, young girl, Phoebe. And I know you have a lot to say about that, but like Count Dracula calls her a bitch. She's like five. Yeah. Four? She's four. I think so. Um, And the fact that like part of them solving the you know, getting the key to, to beating the monsters is you find out that the older sister is not a virgin 
And so they're like, Phoebe, she's a virgin. Yeah, that was super weird. That was really weird and disturbing. And like, can we talk about that now? Let's talk do about it. Virginity stuff now. So Let's I, talk about virginity stuff. It was, I, uh, you can't help it. Like, the, the word, hearing the word virgin just like laid out there in this movie in that way and it being an actual plot device is like, we have to find a virgin to read this. Would have been a great opportunity to just make all of the boys read it in unison or something else like that. Like yeah. the fact that they made it still be, it's like, Oh no, it has to be a virgin girl. Like that part's serious. The rest of this is kind of a joke, but mm-hmm. it definitely, no, no, no. I mean, if we're going to stop this magic spell, absolutely. There's no way she's, she can't have been penetrated. Right. It's <laughs> so, about, yeah, yeah, it's about penetration. It's about, yeah, the preserving what is, what is holy and what is pure. Yeah, and what is valuable? And what is valuable? Uh, so, like, some. So, I did a little light reading on the subject of like, why are we so obsessed with, like, virginity? In is why is it such as a like, cultural thing? And yeah, in addition to like, the whole concept of chivalry being basically wrapped around this mm-hmm. idea that um, of of preserving that for women who weren't asking for anything to be preserved in the first place. It was because before paternity tests, the only way to ensure that a baby and therefore the heir to your land or whatever else was in fact yours was if you knew for a fact that your wife had never had sex with anyone else. Yeah. So that's it. That's the whole bag. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it extends through like Elizabeth the first of England, the Virgin queen, everyone mm-hmm. was in it's that started the sort of like pop cultural obsession at the time with everyone being obsessed with, um, also that di- that kind of juxtaposition of either of like what becomes slut shaming. It's like, you're either a virgin or you're a slut, like either she's never had sex with anyone. And that's why there's no air. Or there were all these rumors going around that she was, you know, part had all these partners and wasn't monogamous. And, right. and, um, and so, and so like that ball just continues to roll. And of course, uh, held up by all of the world's religions for all those reasons as well. The most interesting thing that I read, I was also, I was trying to find out like, what's up with virginity in the occult and like witchcraft and this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it matter for Dracula's spell or whatever is happening here. Right. Why is a virgin part of it? And I read a really interesting thing in a Reddit forum that w- in like a Wiccan Reddit forum that was saying that. Don't pretend this isn't a forum you read all the time. Come I'm on. subscribed, certainly. <laughs> um, that a that virginity in blood magic does not refer to your body and sex, it refers to your whether or not you've ever been involved in a blood rite before. And so it's actually just one of those like mischaracterized um, hmm. tropes that actually in practice is is incorrect, that it, it has nothing to do with whether or not you've broken your hymen or whatever other bizarre uh, you know, criteria criterion you want to use for what it means to lose one's virginity. It is just about like, are you a noob? You know, have you done, right. have you done, have you been part of a magical ceremony before? Because right. if so, you're kind of used up. Like we can't, we need a fresh 
person for this. Right, right. As like a vessel. It's like using a clean test tube or something. Yeah. It has nothing to do with um, your hymen. So I, it just did, it just That's... makes it extra weird again in a comedy in a light movie to have this like, Oh yeah. It, it's a badly written thing. And what's wild is Shane Black, who wrote this, is held up as like a as like one of the guys. You know, as like a you you, you people will say like things getting the Shane Black treatment. I think he's someone that does done like a lot of like punch ups and rewrites and stuff like that over the years, but like his um because his resume is like Lethal Weapon and Iron Man Three, and like it's it's those kinds of things that are known for their, um, like quippy dialogue and especially like character kind of interplay and these sort of like action comedies and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it's too bad to have a movie like this is like so particularly focused on that again, especially as a parent. I I. I don't have a lot of bandwidth for nostalgia anymore. The Trump era completely killed that in me. And so I do think stuff like this, I have even less, um, I have even less hope of continuing to like, or ever forcing on my children by any stretch. I don't need to, they don't need to hear anything is homo or, or whatever else they were saying throughout this movie. Yeah. It is, uh, it's crazy. Or to have a club with no girls allowed. And they didn't even lean into some of the funny stuff, like how the the sort of rebel, older, um, the junior high friend, what's his name? That guy. Is he Rudy? Let's call him Rudy. He's so rude. He's so he's a Rudy. You Rudy rude guy, as Boo would say. You're the rudest person I know. <laughs> obsessed with that uh that they didn't even play up the fun stuff of him being like a fake james dean like i even remember as a kid thinking like oh you're like three speed banana seat bike is super cool like i want one too but it'd have been funnier to make it like all the kids think he's cool but any adults watching this should know he is just like an obvious dork in a leather jacket right like, you know that like, right. decided to smoke cigarettes to look cool but it's like you still ride a bicycle right, <laughs> not, right. like you're not particularly cool uh yeah they i feel like it missed a lot in that right what else were you mad about at this movie oh my goodness um those were the big things and uh they're enough they're enough to i, I yeah I have, I have no love for the for the movie really um and also just because it like wasn't fun and also just like wasn't uh like there were there were parts that were it would, like the frankenstein's monster parts i liked mm-hmm. you know but um but otherwise like it, everything just seemed like every single part was a ripoff of something um like i just mm. And you, uh, like not homage, just rip off. Yeah, like just straight up. Like it's kind of nuts. Um, but there is something that I would like to talk about with parenting, as this is a parenting podcast. Um, as you may not have uh, picked up on yet, if you're new, welcome. Talk about parenting. 
That's what we talk about here. There is a part in the very beginning of the movie where the main kid, Sean, um, he he really wants to go see a movie and his dad has to go to work. Yeah, he's a cop. He's got to work late because it turns out some guy's claiming he's a werewolf. Right. And so he's like, dad, I want to go to this movie. I've been looking forward to it all year. And the dad was seen as- Groundhog start- Day. Oh. But it's a horror movie. It's like in this, it's a this is a horror movie series called Groundhog Day. And it's like part nine. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, and he, and he just either pretends not to care or just kind of shoots the kid down. Like you're not going the end. And it just made me think about, um, kids. They had to go to couples therapy. They had to go see a marriage counselor. That's That's what what they were going to see. That's what it was. And so he had to babysit Phoebe. Right. But then he gets called to work he yep. was gonna have like he was gonna have dinner with his wife right? yeah they were gonna go to they were gonna they had a meeting with a counselor and they were supposed to go do that and so the kids were gonna stay home and so he had to stay home with his, his right sister right so anyway the point is um just this idea of like the fact that like your kid could be looking forward to something for a long time or whatever amount of time it is and like clearly just like either hadn't been hadn't been communicated or you know you've just discounted whatever buildup that was as like oh this isn't a big deal like you're who cares it's just a movie kind of thing um and also that like he may he may very well have been looking forward to it all year because certainly we did that as kids with movies. Um, but Oh, totally. Yeah. You would feel that that feeling of like from preview or movie poster until a movie actually coming out. Yeah. It, or until, especially if it was like a monster thing, you saw it like on a cover of like Fangoria or something like that. And you'd be like, oh my God, they're doing a like another Aliens movie or something. Yeah. You, you'd feel like a billion years until you actually saw that thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just made me think about like, kids concept of time obviously these kids are a little older very much older um but our children Wu is just starting to understand time because he started doing like the circle time with the calendar and they count how many days they've been in school and they count you know like you you can see probably visually where halloween is on the calendar like he's starting to put that all together for the first time and boo has no concept of time like no no like he he every morning will ask can we go watch tv Mm because he thinks it's the weekend is it the weekend yet yeah but the nice thing is you can also flip that around and if he's trying to negotiate with you about like five more minutes of playtime, he has no idea what five minutes is yeah so yeah and um he yeah, he and it's completely like developmentally appropriate. They just he's not there yet, doesn't get it. Um, we started decorating for Halloween a little bit early last week of uh September, and he was like, It's Halloween, and then he was like, Is Halloween over like that night, right? And um, also the I sad didn't... state of pandemic holidays, <laughs> it's like, This is it, right? I assume, yeah, 
<laughs> I didn't answer him, of course. Um, I just let him wonder. But um, so, yeah, just like kind of dealing with like managing expectations because now that Wu is is figuring out like, okay, this is, you know, how long till Christmas? This how long till my birthday? Like, obviously, like everything resol- revolves around toys for him. But um, it's just been interesting, like managing expectations when they're on these like completely different wavelengths with their concept of time. And then also um, recently, Wu and I, I was walking with him uh, to school and he was like, do you know what my, f-? he's like, oh, it's almost the weekend. Um, and it actually was, it was Friday. Um, but he was like, do you know what my favorite part of the weekend is? And I was like, Ugh. and I'm just guessing because like our weekends are not routine. Like they're pretty different every time. Like we don't yeah. have things that we like always do on the weekends. Especially lately. Yeah. Like, right. So um, I finally got it. He made me guess. And I, I figured out that it was playing with our neighbor who moved in within the last two months yep. they've played together like two or three times but apparently and and she's a little older she's seven and a half but apparently he looks forward to that and that he basically that weekend was like counting down the hours not even knowing what hours really are mm-hmm. but asking me because i had said she would probably come over around three so right. he'd be asking me what time is it what time is it or like on saturday he was like tomorrow sunday right sunday yeah. sunday you said you know kind of thing right she'd come over yeah yep. and then of course i hadn't like really communicated with the with her dad about right. about it so i'm like texting him like uh i don't know what your plans are she can be here right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> luckily she did and they had such a blast and it's become like a very um a very like cute you know kind of not to get all nostalgic, Josh, but you know how I grew up with my neighbor friends. So, um, oh, neighborhood friends. I mean, that rules. We we didn't have many. It was kind of similar. There was like a couple of kids that lived walking distance to my house, and yeah, no, it was the best. That so you play with them all the time. Yeah. Um, do you still keep in touch with yours? Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> I do. We do. Hmm. Yeah. At least the closest of our friends, you know, like not not the kids who lived all the way down the street, but our next door neighbors. I <laughs> am friends on Goodreads with uh, my friend Brett's older sister. Huh. So there's that. Huh. So you could say I keep in Should touch. Should I be sure. worried? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh, the only thing I have to say about this is that it's a it's kind of like a perfect time of year for all of this because each month has something very fun and thinking about time and holidays and looking forward to things and you know I mean we should really have like a paper calendar up and this could be a lot that's true that's oh. a good idea <laughs> it's a good thing we're talking about this parenting hack <laughs> um, yeah and um. Yeah, otherwise this movie was um Was there anything you liked? Besides the Frankenstein's monster parts. Um 
there anything you liked? I like the monsters. Oh. I thought that Frankenstein's monster looked great. The mummy looked incredible. Yeah, the mummy was cool. The mummy's the cool. I don't know if there's a cooler looking mummy. Mm. It's like in for, anything. Well, I mean. The mummy? No. I mean, I'm not. Mama? Look, I'm not fishing for a compliment here, Josh, but like... Oh, you're the best looking mummy. <laughs> oh, that's what you come here for. Um, Humor. And pandering. We are... Uh, oh, man. I... But Stan Winston was the monster designer on this feature, which makes sense that he was the monster designer, but I don't think that he really did special effects, you know? Mm -hmm. So like maybe he did the werewolf transformation, Mm -hmm. which is really also really cool, but also really cheap. Like there's only like three shots of the, of the werewolf transforming in two transformations, but it looks really the stuff that happens is like really cool. Like the toes bursting out of the shoe and it's all kind of like blistery and weird, yeah. which is fun. Um, Dracula doesn't look good and the werewolf doesn't have enough and really creature, creature from the black lagoon. I feel like if this was a true Stan Winston joint, there would have been more animation in them more points of articulation mm. in these oh, suits oh, but yeah, it's more yeah, like yeah. you design rubber suits for us and we appreciate you for that and uh that's that's all we need you for uh, you can take off yeah. um but i i thought that those looked really really good and i think that it serves the movie well i, I think it's and it is also maybe it's what made it watchable for kids but like that everything was so on like a back lot in it made it also like look really B movie level and therefore like not actually scary. Um, Yeah. And I don't think they were ever trying to really actually be scary. Like it's a movie for children. Right. And that is also the funny thing though, that it is PG 13. Like it really should have, they, I, I would never say this about anything really, but like with a couple of edits, they really could have made this a fun PG movie that would that then would be yeah like yeah a fun first scary movie you know yeah totally um, but it's also already only like seventy five minutes long so I don't there's too much to cut um, I was like the end credit song the end credit song is absolutely bananas Truly. um well. We'll have to play it at some point. I suppose we will. So we don't have to do a full on where are they now, but. It's Mummy and Daddy's Totally Awesome. Where are they now? It can still be totally awesome. <laughs> Did you recognize anybody, any of the kids? Uh, Just um the bully who's the, bully. the brother from Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> or Way- Wayne's World. Wayne from the Wonder Years. There you go. Yes, yeah. EJ. That's the only one. Yeah, I don't think anybody else did. I mean, they're all actors. You know, they they they've done things, but not famously. <laughs> oh, that's a very sad statement for any actor. Um, yeah, kid wise, super sad. Kid wise, I think they probably thought that Sean was gonna be a um, 
Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis. Thank you. Well, the crazy thing is I had just been watching the original It. That's right. And so I was having weird, like conflating, you know, gangs of kids. And he does look like Jonathan Brandis. Like it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but no, no. He um, he's uh, He's most mostly known for... The Monster Squad. We're talking about uh, Sean, the main the yes. main kid, Andre Gower. Um, he is uh, known for the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards in 2018. I mean, so that's something that he did about the Monster Squad. That is the most famous thing from this movie, besides the Stephen King Rules shirt that he wears. Yes. If your shirt is more memorable than you, Ugh. somebody somebody fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say it's Andre Gower's fault. Well, we should watch this documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, uh, that explores the power of cult film told through the lens of the Monster Squad and the impact okay. it has had on fans, cast, and crew, and the industry. Oh my God, hard hitting! Wow, Oof. Oof. leaving no stone unturned. Um, so that's that, uh, Wayne from Wonder Years has like, being the bully in this movie, like it reminds me of- to drop the, the bad F word twice Mm. in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing that made me, yeah. I mean, this ties in with all the homophobic Mm -hmm. stuff. There were so, so many things and like- especially then in an all male cast movie it does ring extra weird you know yes. where it's i think like there's a lot of movies from the past that are given a past that still have those f-bombs in them mm-hmm. that but this one it really just felt like again just sort of like unearned and was like purely vicious way that was like oh okay and like mm-hmm. uh also that there's no comeuppance Mm-hmm. for ej like yeah. other than horace gets to like save them it's a weird <laughs> yeah. it's a weird reward yeah. like they should have been eaten by um the werewolf or something yeah but no that's too much for this movie no yeah speaking of being eaten by a werewolf and the great creations of Stan Winston, I believe it is time for a little question of the week. How can you ask me a question like that? How can you ask me? I'm your brother, and you ask me that? Uh, <laughs> we talk about the movie magic of Stan Winston, who brought us such creatures as the Predator, the Aliens, Jurassic Park dinosaurs, of course, Pumpkinhead, and more. He, I mean, is like an undisputed master of the of the genre. We also love a group costume, but one of the big hangups of a family costume or of any, especially as a parent getting any like non-store-bought costume together is like our collective lack of sewing skills. Um, and so I wanted to ask our listeners if you could have Stan Winston for however long it takes him to design your group Halloween costume. I want to know what it would be like. Yeah. What's your, just what's your dream 
family Halloween costume that you wish you could get together? That's what I want to know. And we'll post it, of course, on Instagram uh, and share it. Or maybe you've even, if you feel like you've hit that pinnacle, you know you got to share a photo with us. Yes, please. Because I know some of you are far more talented than we are, too. So if you are, if you've been able to sew that shit, if you can put it together. But I would love to see Stan Winston's Pinterest board. That's my, I guess, where I'm, where I'm going with this. <laughs> We uh, we love a, love a family costume, as does uh, our one and only guest of the pod, Aunt Monica. She is bringing it. Oh, yeah. We posted oh, a goodness. whole bunch of photos of her family, Uncle Dieter, Lou, and Goo. They, it's inspiring. And honestly, their, um, their costume this year is going to slay. So is ours, though. So Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. And I know I've had these like fantasy group costume ideas, but I'm blanking on it because, well, I, you know, guys, I was up late last night watching Alanis Morissette. Oh, <laughs> hard to lead with that when we've got a death in the family, but I think it's important. <laughs> it was a late, late night for mommy. It was mommy. a late night of so much drinking as well. Um, one of the worst hangovers in recent times was a very innocent night of watching Annie at the bowl. And mm. just that wine in th- that whole bottle of wine and that cup that they give you. Well, you, you pay dearly for it, but they don't just give it to you. But um, <laughs> uh, my, my Aunt Donna and I got trashed at Annie um, and didn't even fully realize it until the next day. This is not that. I was not feeling ill. I'm just exhaustified. So I can't remember. I know I have dream costumes. I I have I, I have them for other people as well. Like I have them for like people oh, who would, yes. you know, like um childhood best friend Alyssa and her husband, Eric. Uh-huh. High school sweethearts. Maybe I set them up junior year. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> but I don't know. I have a terrible memory. They say that I did, though. No, I do remember. Um, I want them to be uh, Jerry and Cookie Fleck. So Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy from Best in Show. Oh, that's... Wait. No. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge? No. No, I want them to be... Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy are a couple in... Invest in show. Invest in show. Yes, they have the little, uh, the little. Um, oh, the little terrier. like Pomeranian terrier. Thing. The terrier. Yes, 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 yes. God loves a terrier. Um, and it would be so funny. It would be so easy. You don't need Stan Winston for this. She could just easily put that costume together, and he could wear two left shoes, some pr- prosthetic teeth. Yes. And like you know, the glasses, eyebrows, eyebrows, certainly. Um, so I have these dreams for other people, and we'll see if they listen to my podcast. That's a good question. We'll hear about it. We'll find um, out on Halloween night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do it. Don't even tell me. Just do it. It would be really cute too, because they, well, they don't have a small dog, but they have a dog, so they could walk their dog around. You know, that's cute. It would be amazing if they had a terrier. They should get one. Yeah. For Halloween night. <laughs> So that will be our question to you. And we will also post our very favorite thing. Scary good stuff. 
scary leading up to Halloween. There have been some really excellent spirit Halloween memes uh, that we've been posting, trying to share with you, trying to share the joy. But it all comes from. This is a theme for spirit Halloween. Nice. Thank you. Um, We're going to share that song with you because we've been singing it all the live long day. Yes. It's, it's, um, taking the space of songs from Moana (laughs) and, um, I made, I also made Woo and Boo's, I made a spooktacular Halloween mix for them that I've been, I've been beginning. I would love if you all have kid friendly Halloween jams you love, you can also share it. Maybe I'll make it collaborative and share that too. That'd be fun. We can just add things to it. Um, I put that on there, even though it talks about Jeff Bezos murdering big box retailers. It is Halloween after all. You have to be a little bit scared. That's true. They don't know who Jeff Bezos is, I don't think. Not yet. So, would you like to rate this movie? Okay. Let's bring it home. Mm, I'm ready. I was born ready. Uh, Carol. Uh, Is it low-hanging fruit to go for that t-shirt? I'm going to say it is. I'm not going to do it. Um, how many how many candles at your bedside oh. <laughs> do you give this movie out of um, eight candles? Candles at my bedside. The... 90s Madonna hit. Mm. Um, While you're thinking of it. And you put the candle next to your bed like this. Your mom did this when you were a little girl? Uh-huh. It means I love you. And as long as it's here, nothing bad can happen. That is the, that is the worst, most irresponsible. <laughs> that is why we do the show, you guys. That's why we're here. These These parents in these movies. What the... I hope there's at least one listener out there and really one child who we a child s- listener who we've hope- saved. Oh, oh. <laughs> in this moment, they were listening they were just lighting that taper <laughs> next to their child's bed to tell them they love them. <laughs> and we dressed this scene down so hard they were embarrassed and they blew it out and just said I love you to their child mm-hmm. and explain that them to them that sometimes bad things can happen. <laughs> and sometimes those things are your house burning down. But look, none of these things are inherently related unless there's a candle present. <laughs> so I feel like we're doing good work. That's uh, all that matters really. That's right. But I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you who didn't do good work. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so sorry to everybody who grew up with this movie and loves it so much. Cause I it, did. I have. I had such fond memories. Obviously, uh, the line: "Kick him in the nards, kick Wolfman in the nards." But Wolfman doesn't have any nards. I wish I could just doing. Take, Wolfman's got nards. Take little child Josh by the shoulders, look him in his beautiful, clear green eyes, and say, "You're wrong." This movie sucks. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to give it a two on a beat. And I think you know why. Yep. Um, what are you gonna rate this movie as? Um, I I feel like I can't, in good conscience, give it a high score due to its the distaste it left in my mouth on this viewing, and being so comforted in the knowledge that I won't probably ever watch it again on purpose in my entire life. Um, I'll follow you into the dark. Two candles. <laughs> <laughs> Two candles at my bedside. Okay. So shout out Stan Winston. Your monsters look solid. Um, and to that armadillo in the opening sequence for no reason. That is like, there's an armadillo. I don't know why. What was that? I forget the part. In Dracula's castle in like the 1200s or wherever that's supposed oh, to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. How many silver bullets melted down in your high school shop class? Mm-hmm. I'll get you expelled, brother. Do you give the children in this movie? Well, I'm sorry. The silver bullets weren't melted down. The silver was melted down to make the bullets. Yes. How many pieces of silverware? How many pieces of silver from your would you sell this movie to? Out of how many possible? Oh, I'm sorry. Out of uh, 14. Good gravy. I you know, so did the kids the question is in your mind did the kids do as well as they possibly could have given what they had to work with yeah like were they yeah how how did you how they do how did how did they how were these kids um when you fell asleep night one watching this and we rewatch stop how dare you um horace delivered a line pretty well oh one like yeah there was one joke he had to deliver that i've now forgotten that was pretty good um i like the part where he's like and i like being alive and not dying remember the part about not dying oh that was yes. very goonies they're outside they're outside crazy German guy's house played by an Italian actor uh, that Holocaust survivor. he does that classic thing of like one something something and B this and that and then he I think that's when he also does his like not dying bit anyway I thought he did pretty well with that I think it's tough for kids to deliver that uh, out of 14 I'll give them zero <laughs> <laughs> wow I don't care I don't know what do I say really Five out of 14. Yeah. Wow. That's a big jump. It's all bad. It's all failing. It's, yeah, it's failing. Um, Unmemorable. None of the kids, I, I couldn't have picked any of the kids out of a lineup other than Stephen King rules, but that's only because he looks at Jonathan Brandis and I remember the t shirt. Yeah. And that was equally, that, I mean, that was so confusing that he was wearing that shirt because he looks like the kid from it. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I didn't like any of the kids except for the little girl, obviously. Phoebe. Yep, she was good. Phoebe was great. I met a dog named Phoebe last night as well. That's cute. So I'll give, I'll give, because of her, I'll give it a six. The whole, the whole cast gets a bump for Phoebe. Six out mm. of 14. That's beautiful. Wow. Wow. What a day. What a show. What a life. Oh, what a spooktober. This was a, a very, um, this was a very nice way to come back to our beloved podcast. We love being here. We missed you. Mm-hmm. We actually weren't thinking about you at all because uh not sure if you listened to the first part of the show, but we were dealing with a lot. So if you just jumped in here at the end to hear us trash one of your beloved movies, <laughs> you might not have heard. People love this movie. Oh god. Oh yeah. The comments I got were like, ah, I just watched this the other night. So good. <laughs> oh, I was god. like, oops, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> we are just uh well, hey. Tell us how you feel, everybody. We'd love to hear from you. And we look forward to you um, answering our question of the week. And the main thing is, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeddy. We're on Instagram at mummyxdeddypod. You can also just visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeddy.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And why don't you tell a friend? Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spalding is a clubhouse where all kids are allowed. Bye. Bye. Monster Squad has a theme song, and it's a little bit of a, a rap. Meeting adjourned.